Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Hello and welcome to Radio Gag. I'm J.W. Walker. And I am Tilda Swinton, Academy Award winning <laughs> actress, humanitarian, <laughs> and runway model. So good to have you on the show, Tilda. It's amazing that I take time out of my busy Hollywood lifestyle to do the radio are, show. You are a multitasker for the ages. You I'm, really are. I'm, I'm, first of all, I, I think I even have won a Grammy. I'm not even sure. I'm, I've won so many awards, I can't even remember. And I have <laughs> houses in Great Britain and the United States and probably other places that I don't even know about. And yet... <laughs> Radio gag is so important to me. As well, it should be. And today we've got a really, really special show. Um, we are going to be talking about these uh, mobs of, I guess they're being called reopeners. Uh, George Takei is calling them red shirts. I'm calling this whole time the great maggot herd culling. Um, <laughs> but before we get into the program, we have a request. Um, this is to all of our listeners. We want you to become a WBAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. As a listener, you are already getting informed and acting in many ways to benefit our community. WBAI needs your support to keep you informed and active. No doubt you are depending on WBAI now more than ever. Gays Against Guns thanks WBAI for this great opportunity to get our message out and make a difference in preventing gun violence. Commercial free and listener sponsored, WBAI is community radio and has been since 1960. Keep WBAI strong through your donation of any amount and by becoming a Radio Gag BAI buddy with a monthly donation of $10 or more. Go to WBAI.org or call 516-620-3602. Again, that's WBAI.org or 516-620-3602. Thank you. Now, Jay, you can call me Kevin because that's kind of like my code name that I sign into hotels and stuff so I don't get paparazzi. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I just I do feel like we should acknowledge the fact that we've actually recorded this show once already. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we should. We recorded it with a really, really bad app on one of our phones. I won't say whose. Uh, that only recorded one side of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so if we seem to lose interest halfway through the show, it's just because we've already had this conversation <laughs> once already. <laughs> But we're going to try to keep it fresh for you here at Radio Gag. So with all of these, these reopeners, um, the, the, the situation is, is, is kind of insane. Just the, the fact that they are just armed to the gills. And, and, and I think that you've read some studies recently, Kevin, about the effects of, of that, that kind of, of, of a public stance. So there was this um, very famous 1967 um, body of research that was called the weapons effect. And in the study, 
that was conducted at that time in 1967, people were seated at a table and the table either had like a shotgun or a badminton racket and shuttlecock. And, and the badminton racket was the control and the shotgun was the thing that they were sort of testing for. And when the person sat down at the table who was the subject of the test, they were under the impression that the, that the, um, test didn't have to do with what was on the table. They just said, they said to the person, oh, I'm sorry, just ignore that gun. That was left here by the people that were doing the experiment before this one. It's got nothing to do with us. And then they were sort of asked about aggression. They were supposed to decide what level of electric shock to deliver to another person that had angered them. And the study showed very, very clearly there was like a 23% rise in the aggression of the people who had a gun just sitting on the table in front of them. The experiment was repeated again with um, a simulated driving environment, and the person had who was um, conducting the experiment either left a gun or a, or a tennis racket on the seat of the car, like the fake car that they were driving, and they were like, oh, just sorry, just ignore that. That's like, you know, from the person before. And the people that had the gun in the car drove more aggressively as well. The same thing, like almost 25% more aggressively. So it's just been psychologically proven that just the mere presence of a gun, not even holding it, and it's actually, this sort of study goes on, it's even more fascinating, it goes on to talk about the fact that viewing a picture of a gun or a weapon can actually increase aggression. And it's it's notable. I went to a talk about it at um, Rutgers Newark and the the social psychologist who was the person who was responsible, his name is Brad Bushman, he was responsible for recreating the um, experiment and the driving experiment, said he made us all do this exercise at the very beginning of the of the lecture before anything had started where half of us closed our eyes and looked at 10 pictures of like, you know, like um, a gardening hose and, and benign objects. And then the other people looked at pictures of weapons like a a hand grenade, a knife, a gun, you know, all these different weapons. And then we answered these questions afterwards, and the same thing happened. Like, we filled in the blanks, and we filled in with all more aggressive words, everyone that had seen the weapons, than the people that just saw the garden hoses and the everyday objects. So it's really it's really calculable that the weapon itself actually makes you more aggressive. And, and it's also, I think partially responsible for this um, other fact that we know, which is that you are five times more likely to get shot if you're in an altercation with someone who has a firearm if you're also armed, because it makes the aggression higher. It makes the chances of the confrontation escalating higher, and then it winds up with carnage. You know, it, it absolutely makes sense, especially with what we're what we're seeing with um, with some of these. Well, some people call them protesters. Some people call them terrorists. Um, <laughs> and the way that they're behaving and the way they're interacting with police, with guards, and the various capitals that they are, um, you know, that they're that they're uh, amassing in guards and these police are also armed. But these mobs of people are just getting in their faces and screaming at them completely unmasked with this sort of feeling of, of invulnerability. 
And, you know, it, it kind of amazes me still that, you know, that all of these states are not doing what um, the state of Virginia did uh, a few months ago when they knew that there was a um, this armed cadre coming in to, to protest um, various uh, gun violence prevention bills that the state of Virginia passed in the wake of the um, of the Virginia Beach shooting, you know, that the governor very wisely said, okay, you're not coming into the, to the central capital area armed. Um, if you want to mass outside of that, you know, fine. It is Virginia still, um, but you're not coming in. And it just amazes me that literally these people are coming into state houses with semi-automatic weapons and pouches of ammunition with impunity. Um, just think about like in terms of COVID. Think about your own experience today. You told we were telling we were talking before we started recording, and you were telling me that you guys had done a press conference for um, Reclaim Pride and about how the police showed up. Yeah, it was it was absolutely it was absolutely madness. They they showed up. We were completely socially distanced. We were very you know we were all masked. We were doing a press conference, kind of um, you know because. Uh, uh, Franklin Graham, the notorious um, anti-LGBTQ, anti-Islamic bigot, uh, Franklin Graham, Samaritan's Purse, had been brought to New York, and we, as Greenplay Pride, had been protesting it for several weeks now, and we finally got Mount Sinai, the hospital that brought them in, to um, issue a statement yesterday stating that they would be leaving within two weeks. Yay. Uh, yeah, which is yay. Um, but you know, there's still a lot of accountability that needs to happen, and uh, we still need to. We still don't know what the process was that even brought these Samaritans, those people, into New York. Um, and so we were holding a press conference to kind of, you know, to say to say so long, farewell, uh, and to hold the Mount Sinai um, uh, leadership accountable. Um, and, uh, you know, so we were following the rules, we were all masked, we were socially distanced, but because we were more than 10 people, the NYPD sent over at least the same number of cops as we were. Uh, and they, of course, while they're standing there being threatening toward us, were not socially distancing themselves from one another, and were not socially distancing themselves when they came up to talk to people. More importantly. Uh, more importantly, and uh, you know, they didn't threaten us with with bodily arrest. They just threatened to issue summonses, uh, and they did issue a couple of summonses, which are a thousand dollars each. Which are a thousand dollars each, exactly. But we were unbowed, and we continued with our press conference. Uh, it had to be abbreviated, but we did finish it, and we did live stream it. But it cracks me up that, yeah, that, that you guys that they come and shut down your press conference to <laughs> to basically say that anti queer hate is not okay, but the people with the AK forty sevens coming to the the yeah state houses state houses yeah that's fine yeah. That's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that this, some of this has happened in Albany already. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and there's a very good reason for that. Um, the, uh, you know, there's been a, a lot of good reporting uh, uh, on this. Um, I, I encourage any listener to go to doorbrotherscams.com. That's D-O-R-R brotherscams.com. And it's a complete rundown of the Door family. Four brothers, 
um, one of whom actually lives in New York State, who have been behind this multi-state, quote-unquote, pro-Second Amendment scam, where all they do is send emails out to larger and larger lists of people and, and scam them out of donations, claiming that they're actually doing pro-Second Amendment work, but in fact, all of their little organizations apparently are just about sending out emails and sending out social media posts, but apparently they have different websites for, for, um, for different states all over the country. They have like the New York Firearms Association, the Wyoming gun owners, the Iowa gun owners, uh, the Ohio gun owners. Uh, they also have pro-life organizations, Ohio Pro-Life League. Uh, they have Minnesota gun rights. Uh, it goes on and on and on, including one called Pennsylvanians Against Excessive Quarantine. And they registered multiple domains um, uh, with uh, the names of, like, I, I believe they were Liberate VA, Liberate MN, Liberate This State, Liberate That State. They're all from these these four brothers in this one family, and they're the ones that created this whole AstroTurf Storm the Capital movement. And by AstroTurf, AstroTurf is, you know, basically what the Tea Party was. It it, it, pretends that something is coming up from the grassroots, but in fact, it is being funded and directed from on high by long-term entrenched activists. And it's really interesting that these people were primarily gun nutters. Like, that's what they've been focused on for years and years and years. And that, that, you know, and that's why the people that he brought out into all these capitals were all of these highly armed people. It wasn't a coincidence. It's those are the people that they engaged, that they, that they um, amped up, that they uh, sort of unleashed upon the the populaces of of all of these cities. So crazy. And you know, I understand that when you go to one of the websites, the first thing that pops up is become a member for $35. You know, like the first thing they do is ask you for money, which is, makes me so crazy. But I'm not above asking for money myself because <laughs> but we promise you that we're not going to try to endanger your life if you become a WBAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But um, but we do urge everybody, uh, if possible, to do that because uh, public radio, as I'm sure everyone listening knows and understands, is struggling like many other um, businesses, you know, and, and public radio was struggling before the COVID crisis. And so but, but public radio is struggling into the COVID crisis, unfortunately. And I actually went to WBAI.org and um, it has generation uh, generous uh, monthly donation amounts from $10 to $25 to $1,000 to $100,000 a month. You can you can feel free to <laughs> pledge <laughs> your extra $100,000 a month to WBAI in the name of Radio Gag. And we'll come over and do a song and dance in your house, honey. <laughs> You're going to leave a trail of glitter behind us like you can't even believe. <laughs> Um, so, so hard to get out. So hard to get out that glitter. And it's terrible <laughs> for, the env- for the oceans and the environment, so we're not going to use that. But uh, it's WBAI.org or call 516-620-3602. That's 516-620-3602. 
And now we're gonna go to an interview with Kathy Marino-Thomas. This is Kathy Marino-Thomas from Gays Against Guns, and this week, um, as you know, we have been interviewing elected officials around the state to find out how things are going through the pandemic, and I am happy to introduce you all to Mayor Mike Spano of Yonkers. Hi, Mayor Mike. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. It's nice to thank you for having me on the show. Um, how's the family? I know you come from a very large family. Everybody doing all right? Yeah. All, uh, you know, I have 15 siblings and uh, everyone is fine and we're, uh, we're just all trying to muddle through. But, you know, we're kind of family that likes to be together. So and uh, this pandemic has kind of put a little bit of a squash in that. Um, but, uh, but we're all doing very well. I'm so glad to hear that. Yes, 15 siblings is quite a lot. Do you guys do drive by visits or are you just kind of trying to muddle through it? Well, you know, it's funny that my mother uh, has done a few drive-bys. Uh, we, we, um, my son Christopher is going to be, is going to be 17. We're going to do, uh, there's going to be a drive-by for him. We're going to have cupcakes that we'll give out, uh, to his little cousins as they drive by. And, uh, and we've been doing that with the many, with many of the nieces and nephews we have, um, you know, practicing social distancing, but, you know, doing something fun, uh, you know, for the Easter, we were on Zoom and, uh, and, and doing that. And so, you know, you, you make do, you know, your family, you love each other and you want to spend time together and, uh, you know, you make do with, uh, uh, what we have you. Thank God we have technology to can help out. Absolutely. I live with my great aunt and we've been doing a lot of Zoom calls with the family around the state as well. Um, how's Yonkers doing in this pandemic? What's going on? You know, if somebody asked me one of the things that I'd be surprised about, uh, I, I have to say, I think I'd be surprised uh, with overall the, just the, uh, the resilience of, of people in our community. Um, they, uh, you know, they, they're just making do with what, what's happening here. I mean, if people are walking, uh, people are, are staying home. When I say they're walking, they're, when they're staying home or, or they're exercising, they're walking, but they're walking, they're doing so, practicing good social distancing. And, you know, that doesn't mean everyone does it. We um, certainly enforce social distancing, enforce the, the executive orders as they've been presented to us. But for the most part, people are doing what you've asked them to do. Um, we have um, we have people who have uh, in our city who are you know adopted senior citizens, and um, you know hundreds and hundreds of people adopted senior citizens who go to their home, uh, deliver them food, call them every day, that type of thing. And so it's nice to see the community coming together and doing the things they need to do. Uh, through, through this, you know, crisis. I don't think anyone wants to live with this any longer than we have to. <laughs> so we are gays against guns, and this is a show about gun violence protection. So I will ask you how the issue of gun violence and gun violence protection is going in your city during this pandemic. What's risen? What's gone down? What's going on? Yeah, you know, we obviously, uh, we don't forget, we're the fourth largest city in New York State. Um, you know, like every other city, uh, we, we struggle with uh, with gang activity, with gun violence. Uh, that's, um, you know, that's something that, uh, that we, we've been dealing with for a long time. And until the federal government decides to do something, but that's a, another argument. 
Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, that we should, until the federal government decides to do something, uh, we're, we're, we'll continue to have this influx of guns that will get into the hands of kids and, and have this type of activity. But, you know, with the pandemic, we've seen an uptick uh, in our community with, with, uh, with some of the with, with gang activity that's been followed also with uh, some gun activity. Uh, we haven't had, thank God, an increase in, in our murder statistics, um, but we haven't had an increase there. And that's unfortunate you know, as you know, I mean, you know, you get shot, you know, very easily that um, just by just lucky someone just hasn't died as a result of getting shot. So, uh, but we're, we're dealing with it. Our law enforcement is operating 100%. Uh, our, our, we, um, we have um, plenty of uh, police officers on the streets. Uh, they are uh, all doing what they should be doing. We, we've changed the tours a little bit to um, provide for uh, a level of activity on the streets that we think uh, is more than adequate, uh, and that's had an effect. Many of our legislators have been concerned because the amount of uh, domestic violence calls has actually gone down, and their fear is that they're uh, stuck in the house with their abuser. Have you experienced a higher level of domestic violence calls? Well, yeah, it's it's I, our our domestic violence has actually had an uptick as well uh, in our city, but uh, but I but I can I can understand I mean, what what they're saying. There's yeah. probably a lot. There are a lot of uh, uh, victims of domestic violence that are not reporting because where are they going to go? Right. And so you know, so they're not going to be in. They're, they're in a home. They're they're usually with their children. Uh, they can't go anywhere. Uh, there's uh, nothing's open. Hotels aren't open. Nothing's open. So you you know you stay and you you hope you get through it. And, yeah. Um, that's really unfortunate for um, you know for people that they're suffering from domestic violence. We've been fighting uh, those fights for a long time, and uh, to have the you know that that's a real fear, and I well, like I said, like we might see an uptick here, but I I would suspect that it's even more than that, than what we're seeing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I want our listeners to know what an advocate for equality you've always been. Um, when you served in our state government, you were a, a great supporter of marriage equality and you continue to do great things towards LGBTQ equality in Yonkers. So we thank you for that. You start, you have a, you have your own pride events now and I hear you're going to have your own pride center. You can believe it. We we have done some great things in our community. We really have. Working with Mike Sabatino, who's now uh, one of the uh, assistants to, in our in, in my office, but was the council's majority leader, the first openly gay member of the city council that Yonkers has ever had. And working together, we have done some very very progressive things that have really provided for equality across the board. Um, we are now 100% rated, and we like that. And um, and, and we're doing some wonderful things. You certainly community. are. You certainly are. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. You have a lovely day. Ooh, my little spitty one, my spitty one. Every sneeze you're spreading your slime. Corona, when you feel your fever run, your fever run. 
Cover up your cough every time, Corona. Everybody stop, 20 seconds. Wash your dirty hands, make the water hot. Make it fun, do a pretty dance. Bye, 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 I, I, so. Bye, Corona. Stand a little further off when you come. Maybe it is quarantine time, Corona. Ain't got no community immunity. There is no vaccine that's a lie, Corona. Everybody stop, 20 seconds. Wash your dirty hands, make the water hot. Make it fun, do a pretty dance. Bye, 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 I, I, so. Bye, Corona. Bye, Corona. Healthcare is a human right, not out of sight. We can fight a viral blight like Corona. Work together to be sure we'll find a cure. Trust in science and we can spike Corona. Everybody stop, 20 seconds, wash your dirty hands, babe.